everybody. Anne Louise Gittleman here for yet another episode of First Lady of Nutrition podcast, where we know, where you know, we bring you all the latest, greatest game changers in the world of health and healing. If you haven't checked out my latest book, Radical Longevity, please do your brain a favor because copper, the wrong kind of copper can kill you. And my new book, Radical Longevity, explains the whys and wherefores of the copper dysregulation epidemic we are suffering from. Today, it is my great pleasure to introduce the legendary one and only Udo Erasmus, who's the pioneer of the health and wellness industry and is the father of the healthy oils fats movement. He's the king of essential oils and I'm the queen. Udo Erasmus, welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Udo, it's nice to be with you after all this time. How in health are yeah. you? Oh, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm just getting started. I, I love it. You've been out there as long as I have many, many decades. My think, concern is my concern, mm -hmm. my dear friend, is this. They're talking about coconut oil, MCT oil. They're talking about macadamia nut oil, olive oil. Nobody's talking about essential fatty acids. What's the deal? <laughs> well, the deal is convenience. You know, the, it's if you have an oil that never spoils, then you can store it under your bed for five years and, and it won't it won't spoil, but the good oils spoil. They're like perishable vegetables. They need to be protected. They need to be made with care. They need to be stored with care. They need to be used with care because light, oxygen, and heat damages them. And they are actually the most sensitive of all of our essential nutrients that require the most care. But in practice, we give them the least care. We damage them, industry damages them while they're being made. And then we use them for frying. And when you throw oil in a frying pan and watch it turn into smoke, you know you've changed the chemistry and you know that it's not the same as what you got in the seed or the nut or the bean that the oils came from. So more damage is done to health by damaged oils than any other part of nutrition. Agreed. And more and more health rever or more damage reversals come from giving your body the oil change that it needs from damaged oils to oils made with health in mind. So you wrote a book. I remember the book fats that heal fats that harm. Yeah. And you were very clear no. that there were certain fats that heal. Those fats are coming under attack by many of our leading industry advocates these days. I mean, they've been on my podcast. Yeah. I've had to interrupt them. I've tried to be very respectful. They're really <laughs> throwing omega, the good omega sixes under the bus. They're attacking yeah. linoleic acid. I want you, my friend, to yeah, set yeah. that record straight. Uh, okay, very simple. You look at the entire world of fats and oils. There's only two things that are essential. And essential means you can't make it. You got to have it. You got to bring it in from outside. If you don't get enough, your health deteriorates. You get deficiency symptoms. They are degenerative in nature. They get worse with time. And if you don't get enough long enough, you die. But if you bring them back in adequate amounts while you're deteriorating, before you die, because by definition, death is not reversible. <laughs> so far. Then when you bring them back in adequate amounts, all of the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed because life knows exactly what to do with these essential building blocks for body construction and energy production. As long as you take responsibility at your mouth to make sure 
enough of them land in the body so life can use these building blocks to do its job. It knows the job, but it needs your help in making sure that you bring them in because you can't make them inside your body from anything else. That's what essential means. And the two things that are essential by that definition, which was created by researchers on the basis of their research findings, omega-3 and omega-6 alpha-linolenic acid and linoleic acid, the omega-3 and omega-6 essential fatty acids that come in oils. If you have a hard fat, it's going to be low in those two. And, uh, and those two have to be, are both essential, equally essential. They need to be in the right ratio to each other because if you get 20 times more of one than you get of the other, then that crowds the other one out because they use similar pathways in the body yes if you get too much of the other like flax oil used by itself you can become omega-6 deficient which happened to me oh yeah omega-6 deficient now nobody's talking about that my good friend my old friend my legendary (laughs) friend nobody's talking about omega-6 deficiency they're just talking about how toxic it is could you just take a moment and clarify yeah, the, the the damage uh, there are a lot of people i mean that was actually my big thing when i when i was going through the research because i had been poisoned by pesticides and i was trying to figure out how to help myself i got into a thing where they said omega-6 is essential and i just mm. gave you the definition of that you gotta have it can't make it yes and then and this other research on the same omega-6 said it causes cancer and kills you and i was like how is that possible? <laughs> Something that is essential for health gives you cancer and kills you. And it was that contradiction and trying to figure that out. It, I mean, it drove me nuts. <laughs> it was trying to figure it out. And that got me to look at how oils are made. And what's blamed in omega-6 should be blamed on the damage done by processing, both by industry and by food preparation. So we damage those oil and then they damage us. I like to say the essential fatty acids are vindictive. They'll treat you like you treat them. You treat them with care, they'll take care of you. And you damage them, they'll damage you. So how do you You treat them with care? Then how do you treat them with care? And what are the essential omega-6s? Do do we differentiate between linoleic acid and GLA? I'd love you to go down that rabbit hole. Sure, I'll go down that road too. So how do you treat them with care? Well, they're damaged by light. That turns them, turns them into free radicals and lots of chain reactions happen and you change the molecules. By oxygen, that gets you rancidity and by high temperature, that, that gets you twisted molecules. Those are called trans fatty acids. Those are, the, uh, those are the main three. So while the oil is being made, and this is really my so-called claim to fame, is I developed a method for making oils with health in mind by, t- by creating a very tight system in which the oil is not uh, uh, touched by light, by oxygen, and by high temperature. From the time it's in the seed, where it's well protected by nature's packaging, through the pressing, the filtering, the, the, the settling, the filling, till it's in a brown glass bottle, in a box, in the fridge, in the factory, or in the store, or in your home, and that oil is never used for frying. You can put it in hot soup after it comes off the heat, you do not put oil like good the good oils in the frying pan. Frying is the dumbest thing that humans <laughs> have ever invented to do to their food. Exactly. And when you fry oils, they fry your health. So 
So that's what they need to be protected from. So how do you use them? Well, you put them in foods, hot, warm, or cold, after they come off the heat source. And you can put them in hot soup. I put them in miso soup, for instance, or I put them in steamed vegetables. Mm. Not a problem. But you do not use them for frying. Never, 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 ever. And I tell people, listen, you got a frying pan? Frying is the worst thing, the stupidest thing you do in your kitchen. Get the frying pan, turn it upside down, hit yourself on the head with it really hard so it's associated with pain, <laughs> and then throw that stupid thing out. Because so it will so cause you lots of pain if you use it to fry. Inappropriately. So the point that I also want you to reiterate and highlight and maximize yeah. to my listeners is yeah. that if you treat omega-3s the way they've treated the omega-6s, you'll just be as sick and inflamed. The point being well, you, is it, it's not the fault of the omega-6s, it's the processing and it's the refining that's really it. Right, except omega-3s are five times more sensitive because they have more double bonds. So they're, they're more, more sensitive, sensitive, five times more sensitive than the damaged, than the, than the omega-6s. So if That's you fry omega-3s, they will kill you five times faster. Don't fry them. So Use what them. is your ideal ratio then, my friend? Well, the ideal ratio, if you read the research, the researchers like omega-6s better because the industry that gives them their grants is a omega-6 industry they're and not an a interesting lot of observation omega. interesting observation yeah i'm just i'm just i'm just telling yeah, it I'm like it no is yeah, no no i'm just noticing right and uh so they say four times more omega-6 than omega-3 is the perfect ratio four to one, some yeah. researchers say one to one which is the ratio in the brain of omega-3s and sixes is the is the historical ratio that's not true because it depends on your food supply if you're in the north you get more omega-3s if you're in the tropics you get more saturated and in between going south from the north pole you get more omega-3s at the top then you get more omega-6s then you get more omega-9s which are monounsaturated and then you get more saturated so the historical ratio will change with your food supply what we've found out by practice by actually working with people is that if we had more omega-3 than omega-6 we got better results and we use a ratio twice as rich in omega-3 as omega-6 and we also know that if you go four times richer in omega-3 than omega-6 which i did myself to find out about the ratio that you will become omega-6 deficient and flax oil can do that that's why i don't work with flax oil anymore it is a poor, poorly balanced oil, and that's why I made the blend that I work with, so that we get the ratio right, because that's important. The blend and flax seeds. So flax oil is very high in omega-3s. Yes, it's about four times richer in omega-3 than omega-6. What about flax, flax seeds? In the oil is also four times richer in omega-3 than omega-6. So flax you seeds, yeah. So you no longer the difference like the is you seeds. get more oil in the oil than you get in the seed. Yes. Yeah. So if you're going to get your oil from eating seeds, then I would say two tablespoons of flax to one to two tablespoons of, of uh, sunflower seeds is a good way to get that ratio. Because you will, even if you just eat seeds, if you only eat sunflower seeds, you will become omega-6 deficient because they have no omega-3s in them. <laughs> but you have, they have a lot of omega-6. So you've got to mix and match to get the ratio, to get the ratio right. And then going back to your question about um, um, coconut. A guy wrote a book on coconut. 
And in that book, he made every claim for coconut oil that can be legitimately made for omega-3s on the basis of existing research. He made all those claims without any research to fund it, to found it. Because when I read the book, it was like, oh my God, he's saying everything I'm saying, and he's, he's saying coconut does it. And then I went into Medline, into the research base, and looked it up. There was not a single documentation in the research for all the claims they made. And of course, now there's been more research done. Now they find out that coconut oil will increase LDL. But if you eat coconuts, it won't. And they think that it's the fiber in the coconut that protects you from the damage that the oil can do. So you're to, no longer in favor of coconut oil. Well, I've well coconut in small amounts. But the, the, the issue is you got to make sure you optimize your omega-3 and omega-6 essential fatty acids, because those are the only things you need from fats. Okay. All the monounsaturates and all the saturates your body can make out of sugar and starch. So you created an oil. Tell me about the oil and why it's so spectacular. Okay, so uh, talking about the blend, what we did, because I became omega-6 deficient in by using flax oil as my only source of fat, and I got dry eyes, skipped heartbeats, arthritis-like pain in my finger joints, and thin papery skin. And those are classic omega-6 deficiency symptoms. I fixed it by eating sunflower seeds to raise is my omega-6 intake. And then I said, you know what? And people would say, you know, is there one thing I can do that gets me everything I, everything good I need from, from the, the fats that heal and nothing bad that I should avoid from the fats that kill? Is there one thing that gives me that? So those two reasons is the reason why we developed the blend. Blend is twice as rich in omega-3 as omega-6. And it comes from uh, flaxseed oil for the omega-3s, sunflower sesame for omega-6, evening primrose oil, which has GLA in it, which is, a, which is a, something the body makes out of uh, omega-6s. But the reason we put it in is because it has very good uh, polyphenol antioxidants. Yes. And then we have rice germ and oat germ oils. Those uh, contain ferulic acid, which is energy enhancing and anti-aging athletes like it for that reason. And then we put in a little bit of coconut oil has very good antioxidants, has a nice flavor too, uh, but not, not much essential fatty acids. And then we put in uh, GMO free soy lecithin that we have to bring in from Europe because you can't get it in North America. Did this formula change over the years? I think we began with some wheat germ oil uh, and we took it out because we could never get a, a really clean uh, source of it. And we went from three organic ingredients when we began with the commitment to, to change to organic whenever it became available. So we went from three organic to now eight organic. And we are in the process of making another formula that uh, doesn't use um, um, uh, soy lecithin and uh, uh, and uh, sesame oil because there's some concerns about those certainly in the marketplace. So we're making an allergy allergy free uh, oil blend. Where can people? That we're just get in the process of of putting that together. Where, where where can people get the oil? So, but it hasn't changed much over the years. And what we found out when we did uh, studies with athletes 
Two to one was the ratio that got us the best results. Omega-3s are exceptionally good. We call it the God molecule. I like that. So, yeah, and because it's really, really high energy. And we, with athletes, when they took a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day so that's of the so blend. The tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight. I wanted to find out how much we should be taking. Yeah, that's about 25% of calories. And they mixed it in food, took it over the course of the day. Within 30 days, they had 40 to 60% increased stamina. And how we measured that was they did their sport to exhaustion. So they, so they went up 40 to 60% in 30 days. And there is no training program that gets you those kind of gains. That was simply an oil change for the body to the best oils that, that have the highest energy. And they actually turn on fat burning. We told marathoners to stop carb loading like they were doing when in the beginning. We told them they should carb deplete and run the race on fats instead of running the race on carbohydrates. Because carbs only get you 20 miles and a, and a marathon is 26. So they would hit the wall and then they would drag their, themselves the last six miles. And uh, so we told them to they, they were doing it wrong. Of course, everybody was telling us what we were saying was wrong but we we understood the 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 biochemistry and the people who took us up on it they said you know that was amazing because when i finished my marathon i felt i had enough energy to run another one of course they didn't run another marathon and when you do like especially stamina endurance sports omega-3s and running them on and doing them on fats is exceptionally important we had strength athletes and boxers and runners, cyclists, and they all got better results when they made an, when they didn't just take any old oil or didn't pay attention to oils at all. And a lot of them in those days didn't. But when they started getting oils made with health in mind, rich in omega-3, properly balanced in glass because plastic leaches into oil and worse than into water and uh, you don't want plastic in your body i think there's a lot of information now about plastics and sure, microplastics sure. and 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 so uh when you make that change it's remarkable for the energy that you get so where do people get the oil give us the name of the oil it's udo's oil as i recall yeah, it's called udo's oil 369 <laughs> blend and you get it in health food stores and in the refrigerated section it's in the ref yeah it's in the brown glass bottle in a box in the fridge in the supplement section in the natural food stores so some of the um some of the practitioners also sell it and in europe it's in the the chemists sell it you know so there are a, a few other other places that you get it and uh coming up pretty soon we're we're actually going to be selling selling it off our website um, so, we're just putting that together. I'm I'm a little slow, you know. I'm 79, so God, I'm not. God bless you. <laughs> I God. wasn't born with an iPhone in my hand. No, or no, or as another appendage. I get it. So there's a lot of misinformation right now about oils. Uh, sunflower seed oil. Is there an issue with rancidity? That's one of your key ingredients. Is there an issue with sunflower seed oil? Not if it's made with health in mind. But most of the oils that you that line the super or the, the store shelves everywhere in plastic bottles have all all except extra virgin olive oil have been treated with Drano, 
sodium hydroxide, very corrosive base, then with window washing acid, phosphoric acid, um, also very corrosive acid this time. Then they're bleached with bleaching clays that turns them rancid. Then they smell bad and then they have to be heated to frying temperature, clean them up. That's happened to all of the oils that sit in the supermarkets and in the, on the stores in plastic bottles uh, exposed to light. And <laughs> so, so they, the oils that we, you get on the supermarket shelves and on, on shelves in stores generally, uh, about half to 1% of the oil is damaged. And in a tablespoon of an oil that is 1% damaged by the processing, this is before you fry it, um, you will get 60 quintillion damaged molecules. Ooh. That's like more than a million damaged molecules for every one of your body's 60 trillion cells in just one tablespoon. And these are omega-6 oils. If they're omega-3 oils, that, that would be five times, times higher. Times five. And that damage... Uh, you know, uh, we learned in genetics that, yeah, times five. Yeah, you, we learned in genetics that you only need, uh, like bacteria only need two cells of something in their environment to turn on certain genes. Our cells are bigger, so it's maybe a hundred, maybe a thousand, and you're getting a million in every tablespoon for every cell. A million damaged molecules and we don't eat one tablespoon a day we eat two to four and we fry the oil so we're doing extensively more damage than that 60 quintillion molecules than that million dollars a million than that million damaged molecules for every cell oh, so no. that's why you know that's why there are people who say you should never, never use any oils but it's not the oil that's the problem. It's the processing damage that is the problem. I agree. Making oils with is the is the alternative that we came up with in, way back in 1981. <laughs> and I know. Then, I, I agree with you totally. It's a message that I've tried to get out there. And again, I've had guests on the podcast whom I've had to rudely interrupt because they have the whole omega six story wrong. Now, what yeah. about fish oil, my friend? Because every fish oil that I've tested is high in mercury, even if it says mercury-free. <laughs> well, the, the problem with the fish oils is they are 25 times more sensitive to damage than the omega-6. So they're super, super, super sensitive. That's why if you get fish oil in a bottle, you open the bottle and, within, uh, and keep it in your fridge. Within a week, you can smell it because you're your fridge smells rancid mm. because they're super sensitive and they don't take the care. They don't make them with health in mind. They make them with, they clean up the mess, but they throw them in tanks and they use the rotten parts. And you know, they're like, it's like a chemical feast to get something more to sell out of a dead thing that should be buried. Right. Mm. And, and so they, so it's very cheap raw material because it's the throwaways that they make the oil from. Not, uh, that's not true for everybody, but a lot of a lot of them make it out of the, you know, because if you have no cost on the raw material, then everything is profit. And so, uh, the, and then the the studies that have been done on the body's ability to convert 
omega-3 alpha-linolenic acid, which is the essential fatty acids, into yes. EPA, DHA, yes. which are not essential fatty acids. They're essential fatty acid derivatives yes. that the body can make itself if it has enough starting material of the, the plant omega-3, alpha-linolenic acid. So they're not essential fatty acids, although the marketing always says they are. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that the studies were done wrong because the body, women convert very well because they need to be able to keep one brain working and make a second one every time they're pregnant. <laughs> Men don't have that problem, so we don't do as much conversion. It also means that women are smarter than men and smart Thank men. Thank you, Udo. And, 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 and smart men uh, know that and really smart men acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of you but, to say. <laughs> but... Um, but they, they also did the studies wrong in terms of, in terms of conversion. And they figured it's, it, that was only exposed in, 19, uh, in 2015. The body can convert, the body turns over only 2.4 to 3.8 milligrams of DHA per day. So you, if you had a gram of ALA, you would need to need a fraction of 1% conversion to get enough to do that. And then what they did is they made, I don't know if this is technical, too technical, but what they made is they give people shots of alpha linolenic acid that was labeled with carbon 13 and then measured how much DHA came out of that. And they ignored the fact that people have 15 to 50 or to 60 grams of alpha linolenic acid already in their body, ready for conversion. Mm. They, just, they just ignored that completely. Mm. So that means all of their measurements were three to 12 times too low or lower than they actually are. Plus they didn't measure the other things that are made out of DHA and the retroconversion of DHA into EPA. And they just ignored all that because the goal of that study I guarantee, I wasn't there, but I guarantee the goal of the study was to make fish oils look good and to make alpha linolenic acid look look bad. So do you like algae as a source of DHA? Uh, Well, algae are in most cases the the original source, but you can't just squeeze algae because they only got 4% fat in them. So what they did is they took the algae, they put them in tanks, they grow them on sugar, because they turn sugar into DHA. Mm. I imagine if you could do that, right? You could eat all the sugar we love, sweet, and you know, turn it and, into this wonderful and turn it into acid. DHA that makes you like really brain smart, yes, vision smart, and sperm smart, <laughs> right? That's so. Uh, so they and they and the and and most of the the fish actually get it through the food chain, made by algae at the bottom, and then they're eaten by krill. And then the krill is eaten by little fish and the little fish get eaten by the big fish and the big fish get eaten by the whale seals and walruses. And that's how EPA makes its way through the food chain. So this is actually EPA or DHA is actually a plant-based product in most cases. There are some uh, plant-based fish, I mean, fish that eat plants that actually also can convert ALA into EPA and DHA. But, but the main source, just like everything else, the main source of everything is plants in the ocean, but also on land. 
Good point. So for the average human listening to this podcast, if yeah. you were to tell them what to eat on a daily basis when it comes to fats and oils, I know I've written yeah. about this for only 40 years. And we, yeah. you and I are on the same wavelength in most regards. Yeah. So I remember you came out of the low fat uh, uh, Pritikin story. The low right? fat Pritikin story and became yeah. a uh, nutritional heretic when I told them about essential fatty acids. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's okay because I still stand by my story. I apologize for all for all the the hard times you got. Well, you got them. <laughs> we we both had targets on our back, but we can say, look, look. If hindsight were twenty twenty, we could have said, "I told you so." <laughs> yeah, well, but we would never say that because we're not those kind of people. Not those kind of people. At all. <laughs> but in any event, so yeah. for the average human being, so we'll get some Udo's oil. I love the concept of sunflower seed oil. You've got some evening primrose oil in there. I love that. Mm -hmm. What else should they be eating? Should they be taking extra virgin olive oil on their salads, macadamia nut oil? What's your feeling on those? Well, you you can put you can put really good oils on your salads too. There's nothing in extra virgin olive oil that, you know, extra virgin olive oil has 80% monounsaturate. Your body can make that out of sugar and starch. And it has 10% omega-6. So that's, that's one of the lowest omega-6 oils. And it has less than 1% omega-3 in it. So most of what it contains is not essential by the definition. Yes. So can you use it yet yeah, once you've optimized your intake of omega-3 and omega-6 in the right ratio and not undamaged and undamaged, then you can use extra virgin olive oil and you can use other, other so fat sources. But you got to put the essentials first if you want to be healthy. I think that's an excellent, excellent point to put yeah. the essentials first. So that would mean getting an oil like Udo's oil. I don't, I have not seen anything else like it on the market. That would be one tablespoon per 50 pounds. So for most yeah. people, it's about two and a half tablespoons, three tablespoons, yeah, two, two to four, two to four tablespoons. Right? If you weigh a hundred, it's two. If you weigh, if you weigh 200 pounds, it's four. four. Uh, and that's about 25% of Can calories. you use that as a salad dressing? Of course. Yeah, so, and, and the oil is compatible with everything. You can put it on fruit, you can put it on vegetables, you can put it on starch. Oh, good point. You can put it on proteins. But if you put it on starch, people sometimes gain a little weight on it. They blame the oil, but it's the starch that is the problem. <laughs> because what happens is when you have starches, it'll inhibit uh, burning the oil because carbs can be dangerous. So the body's priority is to burn the carbs first. So what we say to people is when you start using oils as a source of energy, because they're a super good source of energy, then at the same time, lower your carb intake and replace the carbs with water rich vegetables, all the green stuff. I mean, that's to me, if you had nothing but oil and green foods, <laughs> it would be a, be in good, would be a pretty good, good diet. You'd be in a good place. Now, <laughs> yeah. last but not least, I have to ask you this. Didn't yeah. you study with Dr. Johanna Bootwig? I, I met her. I got her books because German was my first language. I read all her books in German. I did meet her. Uh, she, uh, she, her books were very interesting. They didn't do what I did. She was confused between omega-3s and 6s because mm. she came from a an earlier time where the distinction wasn't known. 
she used oils for frying, which I just could not and never understand. And at, at, at some point along the line, somebody else paid her for an endorsement fee, and then she endorsed somebody else's oil. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but she was a pioneer. Uh, she, her biggest thing was that she, she focused on the damage done by trans fatty acids. And so we're, we're, in, we're, in, we're in her debt. And didn't she also create Quark, the anti-cancer food? She, well, Quark, no, she didn't create Quark. Quark is just like a, it's like a dehydrated yogurt. Ah. Oh. Yeah, it's a, that's just a German word for, for cottage cheese. She's given a lot of credit for that. Well, she knows. She, what she was given credit for was the combination of, of flax oil and, and the cottage Quark. Cheese as a treatment in cancer and i she did get some results but there are better programs uh in comparison to gerson her program was not very good mm. and i i was i was familiar with both of them uh, max gerson was very very detailed he was anally detailed he was unbelievably precise and and detail oriented and so he built a, he basically built a raw juice program with uh, not a lot else in it. Coffee he, enemas. Yeah, coffee enemas, of course. You know, what do they say? You, there's nothing wrong with coffee. We just use it at the wrong end. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other joke was, oh, is that with, with cream and sugar? No, it's fine. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and, they, and, and, uh, and then we introduced them to oils made with health in mind, and they got better results when they started using them. So, so you have made an enormous contribution in our field, and I have to thank you for that. Huh? Everybody go out and get some Udo's oil. Is it in most health food stores in this country, do you think? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's in the refrigerated much. section. Yeah. And so what, what are you up to these days? I'm, uh, I have three missions in life. One was to make sense of fats and, and health. And that, that's pretty much done, although, you know, getting it out to every to 8 billion people is long from done. But the second and third is to turn health into a te teachable field and to turn human nature into teachable fields. Mm. That's because that's because, you know, when you talk about health, uh, one thing is information and one thing is physical. But, you know, how you think affects your health. Yes, you know, indeed. what kind of people you're around affects your health, what your environment is like affects your health, how you feel inside, like if you're grateful, or you feel good, or you feel whole, or you feel excited, ecstatic, that's good for health. And if you want to be totally healthy, you got to be, you got to give eight different things there do. I, I just named a bunch of them, right? Awareness, life energy, inspiration, physical body, survival smarts, uh, social group, environment, and big picture. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, and when you're fully present in all of that, then you have the life that everybody's, everybody's heart is aching for. But that takes some effort. <clears throat> and, and so I'm working, I'm working on that. And that's why I say I'm just getting started. <laughs> At the age of 79. <laughs> May you live oh, yeah. till 120, my friend. Yeah, that could that that could ha that could accidentally happen. <laughs> that could actually happen. <laughs> so I want to yeah. thank you for being my guest today, Udo Erasmus, the legendary Udo Erasmus, yeah. who in fact is, is a wonderful human being, as you as you all have listened. And, Talk and to, talking to the talking to the legendary legendary and and Louise Gittleman, 
who I think you started a little earlier than I did. I started oh, in 1980. That's when did I start? 1980? No, no, no. 19. I was a critic in 1980. Wrote my book in 1988. So okay. we're we've we've been in the industry a long, long time. Long time. Yeah. We 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 could almost say we own the industry, but we don't really. <laughs> not not quite. It's it's changed quite a bit, and perhaps not in the right direction. In some ways, not in the right direction. So thank you again for being my guest. And I thank all of you for listening at once again to First Lady of Nutrition. Remember to visit unikeyhealth.com and cs-health.com for the best activated sulforaphane product on the market. I'm Ann Louise Gittleman thanking you, wishing you well, happiness, peace, and shalom. please don't forget to subscribe and like First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so very much.